if the regulations don't allow you to do this, then people are going to be moving out. You're going to see homes get torn down and you're going to see, you know, big rental properties pop up and, you know, you'll have larger groups of people renting in those. Your street dynamic is going to change. The, the feel of your street is going to change. And, you know, people say, oh, well, we don't want rental property because we want our, you know, street to feel the same. Right. Well, sometimes having these alternative rental property options of something small in your backyard is actually an answer of how you can keep your street right. looking the same. Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos. It is a pleasure to have you back on the Think Brazos podcast. This is Lindsay Hackett, uh, former uh, staff planner for the city of Bryan, now on your own. So I, I started Hackett Planning LLC, and um, I do local development consulting here in town. And then I also work with uh, some missing middle housing programs across the nation awesome. to help spur on additional missing middle housing. and change the regulations that limit it and uh, prevent right. it from being able to be built. I mean, that just sparked my interest right there where you're talking about regulations in other right. cities that you're working on. Can you think of one or two that that been kind of exciting that you're working towards? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, from a regulation standpoint, things like um, small lots okay. and if you're going to do what's called a cluster development mm -hmm. or a cottage house, uh, right. co cottage court. Um, sometimes you might have some smaller lots that don't immediately front on city right of way. Yeah. And uh -huh. so finding ways that you can still get utilities to those right. units and, and still get emergency access and, and keep those folks safe. Awesome but then you're allowing a, a more affordable home because it's a smaller home on a smaller lot. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've been uh, busy fighting for the dream. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> we do what we can. So we actually brought you on today partially to talk about a, um, I'm going to hopefully not mess up the name. Uh, there's a community development for the city of Bryan community development advisory committee that you are now serving on and and one of the things we wanted to highlight is in both cities over the years i've heard uh, them kind of do psas of sorts saying hey you know we're we have applications for these volunteer committees this is one of them so i was excited to hear that someone we'd already had on as, as a guest <laughs> is a part of one of these committees so wanted to get into what this committee is and how how did you get on it yeah it's uh it's pretty Pretty great. When I was a staff member, when I very first started with the city of Bryan, I worked in the community development department. Oh, okay. And so I got to help support this committee from the staff side. Mm -hmm. And I got to see some of the decisions that were being made, um, specifically focusing on the funding allocations for the nonprofits in the region. And I was like, oh, man, if, 
you know, someday I'm going to serve on this committee. I've got to. Really? And uh, it's true. And so when when I left the city and started my own business, uh, immediately you know, put in my application and uh, was lucky enough to be selected. So I, um, yeah, I serve on this, this committee, and the committee focuses on supporting the community development advisor or the community development staff members. Um, with their annual plans and their five-year plans okay. that, that they're required to complete um, for the federal regulations since they receive federal funding. Right. And then another big part of it that I mentioned before is they decide, so the staff will create a, um, a pitch for how the dollars that they're receiving from the federal government mm-hmm. um, would, would be allocated, and then the committee will then review Got that it. and so that's what we just did recently, and we made uh, we supported it unanimously. We felt like staff uh, did a really good job in, in deciding how those dollars would be allocated. Okay, well that's that's awesome, and and so as far as I understand it, it's the dollars come from federal government through HUD, right, right. housing and urban development, and then uh, the city has to administer those, and that's where you're you're a part of. It. There's two different pools of money. There's mm-hmm. The community development community development block grant funding, and then the um, HOME, the home funds, and with those two combined, it can be used for um, specific things, you know, okay. or not used for other things, you know. And so there's right. specific rules um, for how the dollars can be spent. Okay. So for the city of Bryan, based on um, what you've learned working in community development, and then now on this. Committee. What are some of the major, um, I guess, programs that are funded by this one? Yeah. So um, for the staff regulated programs, um, they have the minor repair program, mm-hmm. which is one that I definitely want to talk about a little bit more yeah. um, later on. And they also have a program where they can do a full renovation of a house. So they'll do oh, a wow. teardown and rebuild um, a home for someone who qualifies, income qualified uh, family oh, okay. or individual. Got it. And, um, you know, they, they have, you know, smaller programs that they mm-hmm. use and um, they really just do a lot of good stuff. It's you know, it's you think about how much need there is right. relating to housing in our area, and it's that story of the the kid and the starfish on the beach, you right. know, and all the starfish wash up, and you're throwing one or two in, and mm-hmm. they're like, "You're never going to save all these starfish," and they're like, "You know what? It makes a big difference for that one or two that we helped." Exactly. So they're yeah. able to uh, really make a big difference in some people's lives. Yeah, that sounds like the story of Habitat exactly. for Humanity. Exactly, I was just thinking that. <laughs> you get that. Such a drop in the bucket, but yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, it does matter for these families. So that's right. great that, like, community development, Habitat, some of these other nonprofits, we're all fighting the same fight, right. slightly different angles. So that's that is good to hear. Definitely encourage anybody listening, watching to look into these committees because I think it uh, I think it matters. So thank you for doing that. Um, I didn't just bring you on to talk about that. Um, I also wanted, because you're a planner, wanted to explore this concept of um, having homes, housing that is um, more adaptable to the, I guess, the the changes in economy, changes in life. Um, The reason 
I want to talk about this is, is kind of personal in a way or professional. Habitat for Humanity, as we get older, we have seen more and more of our, what we call our early homeowners, those that we built uh, homes for them in the 90s, 2000s. Um, these homeowners are getting, getting older. Kids have maybe left, um, might be a single parent. And um, they're left with this house that is uh, ever-increasing taxes, ever-increasing, uh, you know, maintenance, things like that. They want to keep, keep living in their house. Um, but at the end of the day, there isn't often an easily identifiable way to afford to do that or to uh, even be able to maintain or what have you. And uh, so there's this idea of... Um, Having more flexible housing, whether in its design or, or uh, in how you use it. And so I wanted to explore that with you today. Some people use the term house hacking to be able to, um, you know, do things like run out of room or mm -hmm. things like that to the more difficult of subdividing your house so right. and just living in one half. I was just curious if you'd seen it in working with other cities or, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Um Believe it or not, we've done that ourselves. Um, so my husband and I, we were able to you know, purchase a home pretty early on. Okay. And as we were you know, making our way in, in our family budget, it came up to where it would be helpful and mm -hmm. we to, to rent out a room in our house. And we had you know, either a family member or someone that we knew very, very well. Right. Um, and we were able to rent out a room you know, here and there. Uh, for you know, a few months at a time, and I think it's something that's really important and beneficial when someone's able to do something like that. And in the city of Bryan, you are generally able to do that as long as you're renting out to um, you know one other individual, right. even if you live in a conservation district, which okay. we actually do. We're right on the and that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Were you actually allowed to do that? We, so we are. We, in Brian, mm -hmm. um, if we had rented out to, like, another family or right. a group of people, then, you know, the, the regulations might have been a little bit different. But um, I, I think if someone's living in College Station and they, they want to do something mm -hmm. like that, they might need to check with the check staff members because I, I think the rules might be a little bit different. Okay. Uh, but... As far as the the other side of that coin, too, with the renovating your house, and let's say you have a single family home and you don't need, you know, all these bedrooms, how could you convert it into a duplex and then right. rent that out? And you know, unfortunately, that's something that it's really difficult to retrofit an existing Whatever. single family home. But there's this new type of housing that people are uh, considering now that is a lot more adaptable. And so, for example, even in the, the City of Bryan's Midtown plan, there one of those building types is called the Flex House. Mm -hmm. And the Flex House, in its original design, has the, the kind of infrastructure of the house. So the plumbing is there mm -hmm. and um, the fire rating is, is all generally included in the existing single-family okay. home so that when the homeowner, for whatever reason, doesn't need a two-story, you know, mm -hmm. large home anymore, they can make a relatively, to the world of, you know, housing costs, a relatively right. low-cost renovation 
to convert it into a duplex. Oh, wow. So, so for Brian's plan that, that you reference is Flex House. Um, if I'm understanding this right, then it's like you've got a two-story house and then you can fairly easily... You have, so there's a kitchen and everything upstairs or the possibility to... Right. So depending on exactly. So depending on how they want the original design to look, Mm -hmm. they could include uh, a kitchen. You know, include the fixtures on the second floor. But even if they choose not to, if they choose to use the second floor as like a a den or a second living room, the plumbing is already there. It's already been plumbed up and it's in the right place. So all you do is just add it, add in the fixtures. Have you talked to any developers about? I don't want to go too too in depth, but I would imagine there's a bit more of an upfront cost for something like that. Right. right. I mean, you're when you have you know more pipes and mm-hmm. a little bit more you know fire rating stuff, you're yeah. going to be paying a little bit more upfront. But if you intend to use mm-hmm. your home, if you're intending to make that re- renovation yeah. in the future, you're going to be saving money on the back end because yeah. it's going to be so much cheaper to just. Uh-huh add in the rest of the firewall and add right. in some fixtures, then it is to retrofit all right. of these plumbing extensions into a home. So I wonder if anybody's looked into this type of a model from an affordable housing angle. I don't think I've seen anything yet, but because yeah. again, upfront <laughs> costs, all of that. Right. But to me, it's fascinating because again, we see how as life changes, the house doesn't often change with you, uh, not easily. And so, and that's really pretty cool. Um, Are there other ideas that you've come across that have some of that flexibility built in as well, um, as far as development types? I guess the flex house would be the main one. I mean, it's something that you see around Mm -hmm. where the regulation that... um, Apartment units on the first floor have to be able to become ADA adaptable. Mm, It's a requirement that so many of them either have to be ADA compliant or be adaptable into ADA compliance. Oh, I didn't know that. And so it's kind of, I believe that's a regulation Mm -hmm. in the building code. (laughs) It would be embarrassing if I'm wrong. Yeah. But it's the same kind of vein of like, you know, as someone's aging, they Mm -hmm. may need to be able to access their home with a wheelchair. They may need to be able to, you know, have a roll-in shower and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Okay. And then another one that, that sticks out to me that we may have talked about last time, I can't, can't recall, it's been a few months, but um, is the idea of um, granny flats, um, oh, conversion sure. of garages, things sure. like that. That's another thing that people possibly could do, right? And that's yeah. pretty expensive too i would imagine um comparatively yeah it depends on you know what you're looking at right. how much retrofitting you're doing uh-huh. um if you have an attached garage and you're converting mm-hmm. it um it at least in the city of Bryan, it can be a little bit easier from a regulations standpoint okay. to kind of get away with it per se um how so as long as it's attached to the structure, okay. then it's just a renovation to the main structure, oh, wow. which okay. is different from if you were to build an accessory dwelling unit, which is the right. detached uh, behind the main structure. Okay. Um, because so that would bring in more 
different regulations and potentially not be allowed to do it depending on where you're at. Right. So sometimes regulation for an accessory dwelling unit is um, that it's a conditional use. And one of the requirements is that it can only be resided in by folks that are family members or related to the folks in the main house. Yeah, so that would cut down on the the cash um, accessing your Right, so it's the actual granny flat. It's got to be your granny in there. Right, it has to be your granny. (laughs) Yeah, so it's not as much... And then that's something that, you know, in my professional mm-hmm. opinion, I don't think is helpful. Yeah. I think it needs to be, sure, if Granny wants to live there, great. But also you should be able, as a homeowner, to have the option to rent this out to, you know, the local college student or yeah. the young professional who moved into town and wants to rent for a while before they find a place to buy. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to have these options because you've provided by including an accessory dwelling unit is from the street you know the street still looks the same but you've added in another unit you've added in more density and if multiple people on the street do that then you're bringing up more density and the street still looks the same Mm -hmm. but if the regulations don't allow you to do this then people are going to be moving out you're going to see homes get torn down and you're going to see you know big rental properties pop up and, you know, you'll have larger groups of people renting in those. Your street dynamic is going to change. The, the feel of your street is going to change. And, you know, people say, oh, well, we don't want rental property because we want our you know, street to feel the same. Right. Well, sometimes having these alternative rental property options of something small in your backyard is actually an answer of how you can keep your street right. looking the same. Exactly. And what's funny is this is not rocket science. This is something that seems to have been the norm, um, you know, a hundred years day. ago. Yeah. My wife and I actually looked at a house a few years back uh, on the west side of, of Bryan. Uh, I think it was on Ennis Street. And uh, it was like a three-bedroom house. And then there was a garage. And above that was another unit. And it was built in like the 30s or mm. something like that. And... Uh, I started looking around that street and other areas of, of Brian, especially, and realizing those are everywhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, not everywhere, everywhere, but there are a They're lot common. of examples, very common, um, especially as, as you get to the, the more, I guess, expensive neighborhoods or closer to downtown. And uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, that's actually a way that you can keep your neighborhood. Yeah. And it's, if you think about it, you know, if you look at um, historic districts in any town, right. you start looking around and you look more closely and you'll see duplexes, you'll see accessory dwelling units. Um, and sometimes you'll even see, you know, the one entrance and when you walk in, there might be four, five, six, eight units in wow. there, but it just looks like a big old house. And... These are some of the, you know, high cost, most sought after places to live in these historic districts. Yeah. And you're like, so is it really so bad if it worked then and and kept this community, you know, vitality going and it's still there a hundred years later? Is it really so bad? That's a good point. Well, is there um, any other issues or things that we missed that we could uh, talk about now? 
Yeah. Um, so when we were talking earlier about, you know, home home repairs yeah. and some of the things that um, the, the city of Bryan offers. Um, so the community development uh, department offers a minor repair program. Oh, great. And That's some of the money that we were talking about earlier right. goes to fund that. Yeah. And so I definitely want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. The, the program that they offer, it's up to uh, $5,000 for a repair. So that can get you a pretty important repair taken right. care of. Right. Um, but there's so much need, like we said before. And so the city of Bryan, their applications, um, they're so backlogged that they're full for this mm -hmm. fiscal year. Okay. Um, and so, that's so through the fall, right? Right. And so in October, yeah. their applications will open back up. Okay. Um, but I was speaking with staff. You know, mm -hmm. earlier, and they said, you know, hey, if someone's got this emergency where, like, their their AC goes out okay. in the middle of the Texas summer, yeah. they put that as a priority, and so someone oh, can still get help. Okay. Um, but even with, you know, other repairs, like roof repairs and things, mm -hmm. I know we're going to have a rainy summer this year. Right. Um, so there's other volunteer programs and non-city mm -hmm. programs um, that are helping people. Yeah. There's, let's see. There's a program called Rebuild Together. Um, yep. Steve Bobby, mm -hmm. he is really, I think that's, I got to be there near the beginning when he started that, and I know that he does really helpful things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Elder Aid Program, they focus on helping some more older residents right. when they have some roof repairs that they okay. need. And right. another one that's helpful for, as it starts getting hot, is that the Council of Governance does a weatherization program. And so they'll come oh, through I didn't and know that. weather, weatherize, weather, weather strip, proof. weather okay. seal <laughs> your yeah, house. Yeah, okay. Um, and so these are definitely some things that folks can use for the That's summer great. to wait until the city's program opens yeah, up. Yeah, that is a really good point. Hey, we hope to have you back on the Think Brazos podcast. Thank you very much for talking to us. I appreciate it. It's been great. The Think Brazos podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brazos podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrazos.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think brass.